0: One of the things I wanted to talk about for the writers out there today, however, is this idea of theme, and theme is something that we talk about a lot. You know it when you see it. My definition, plot is what happens in the story. Theme is what it's about. Slightly different, but an important distinction to make. There's a pretty clear theme in here. There's also some pretty trite metaphors in this one, I think. I didn't, you know, bend over backwards trying to be super creative about it. Well, you know what? Let's just read it and then we'll talk about it and why it's okay to use trite metaphors from time to time. I think I'm going to fail my MFA with sentences like that. (laughs) This is called Sunrise. Sammy, with a heart to dot the I walked toward sunset. Or was it sunrise? No, sunset. The city grew dark around her as she walked. Dark and cold. She wasn't dressed for it. Her ten-hole black docks and fuzzy socks kept her feet dry as she inexorably splashed through puddles that expanded on the street all around her. But she had only a thin jacket and no hat. She was soaked by the time she reached the neon and sodium lights of downtown, and knew there was nothing there for her. Sammy, with a heart to dot the I, stopped mid-street. Cars blared horns and skid on the puddles. Men cursed. Women cursed. Pedestrians stopped to watch and record on their phones. This, then, was the highlight, Sammy thought. This is the sum of my life, to be internet famous on a dark and stormy night. The girl who was hit by a car. No one will help. They'll just capture and post. Sammy, with a heart to dot the I, walked among and through the stopped cars to reach the other sidewalk. She could feel the fury behind her, but it bounced off her useless coat. It provided better armor for slurs than for rain. Disappointed in her survival, the pedestrians scowled and went on their way. Sammy met none of their eyes. She walked deeper into the neon, into the grime, into the flashes of light and thumps of music from brick buildings where women her age danced for money. Sammy figured she'd dance for money too if it meant getting out. Sammy stopped her wandering an hour later, having not yet reached the city limits, and sat on the curb, knees together. She watched the crowds jostle and walk, bump, and occasionally shoulder one another. No love. Sighing, she rose and went on her way. Then, half a block ahead, she saw perhaps the most upsetting sight of all. A child. She got the impression it was a young boy, but he was swaddled against the rain and his back was to her, so she couldn't tell. Stood at a street cart vendor. The vendor was semi-dry beneath a large yellow umbrella upon which was printed in red sans-serif letters ice cream sammy with a heart to dot the eye approached the scene scanning left to right to left in search of a mommy or a daddy nothing the little boy was all alone she stood next to him looking down at his little hooded head He was a boy, she was fairly sure, as she placed a fingertip beneath his chin and lifted it. The boy wept defiantly, which is to say, tears and not rain cascaded down his chubby cheeks, but he did not wail or frown. The tears came because that's what tears do, but he was fighting them every step of the way. Sammy guessed he was perhaps eight. In ten years, he could go to one of the other buildings and dance for money if he wanted to, just like she could as of tonight. What's the matter? She asked. The vendor, a remarkably sour man considering his sweet product, answered for the boy, He got no money. No money, no food. Sammy glared at him. She didn't need an arithmetic lesson on how the math worked out. She knew. She lowered herself to one knee and looked into the boy's eyes. You want an ice cream? The little one said nothing, then gave one sharp nod. Well, of course he wants ice cream, Samantha, thought Sammy with a heart for the eye. What else would he be doing here? She straightened and pulled two dollar bills from her hip pocket. Here's the money. Give him the food. She cocked her head quickly to one side, pigeon-like, to emphasize her point. The vendor didn't argue. In a flash, like a magician, he flourished a double scoop cone and handed it over. To her, not the boy. Sammy presented it to the boy. It was as if the tears dried on his face as he took the treat, his eyes glowing like the neon signs. Thank you, he said, and his voice, while quiet, somehow drowned the thump and beat of the dancing places nearby. I'm happy to, said Sammy, with a heart to dot the I. He ran off, zipping between pedestrians. Sammy wanted to call after him, follow him, find out where his parents might be, but he disappeared in the rain. Sammy turned to continue her walk, noting the vendor giving her an approving look and faint nod as she went. To her surprise, she walked toward the sun now. The rain slowed to a sprinkle, then stopped. She splashed her dry feet through puddles on purpose and remembered the taste of ice cream. She reached the city limits, the limits of the skyscrapers, the neon, the grime. They fell behind her now as she traveled east. The neon signs went dark. The thump of music faded. The darkness went away. Sammy, with a heart to dot the I, walked towards sunrise. That's it. The end. So, sunrises and sunsets and rainbows and all that, like... The, 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 you know, walking into the darkness, then coming out of the darkness, all that kind of stuff. It is so trite. I recognize that. I confess it. I acknowledge it. And in this particular instance, I embrace it. Metaphors exist to give us sort of a deeper understanding or appreciation or feeling of story, whatever whether it's visual or whether it's something that we're reading or listening to. Metaphors are cool, man. They they serve a great purpose and a really finely tuned one, a really good one can catch a reader and hang on for a long time. I am not claiming to be a master at that. It's something I'd like to learn more about. It doesn't come naturally to me. This is why I always tell poets that they should write some prose because some of the most exquisite prose I have ever read has come from poets, and I am not a poet. It doesn't come naturally to me. Hopefully that's something else I'll be learning about. Having said that, that doesn't make them wrong, right? Like there's a reason mankind as storytelling creatures keeps returning to sunsets and rainbows and sunrises and darkness and light and all that kind of stuff as we tell our stories. There's a very good reason for it. And it's because number one, it's a shared experience. We have all shared the experience of the joy of the sunrise, the sadness of a sunset or vice versa, depending on the situation, right? Number two, because they're effective. They're universal and they're effective. I think they're effective because they're universal. So, I'm not super delighted with myself at having chosen this sunrise-sunset motif for this short story, but you know what? I like the voice. I like the brevity. It's not even a thousand words. I like that Sammy is out here thinking that there is nothing left to do, that there is... She has almost like a Holden Caulfield kind of thing going on here where it's like, it's all been done. Everything's phony. Uh, Life sucks. Big city sucks. I'm pretty well screwed. But wait! Instead of an act of kindness being done to her, she offers this act of kindness to somebody else, and that is what elevates her. I like that. I'm not the first person to say it. I won't be the last, but I really like it. I'm really pleased with the simplicity of it and the elegance of it, and I think it works for this story. This is one I may come back to at some other point and refine a little bit. I don't want to add a lot to it. I think the brevity really works in this case. Uh, I think I enjoy the, with the heart to dot the I thing, that repetition that keeps happening over and over in the story, because it indicates, I think, to the reader that they, that she, that Sammy already has this sort of gift inside her. She already has this goodness, this uh, grace, this kindness to give to people, and that's why the... Omniscient narrator uh, sort of keeps underlining that for the reader. This is Sammy with a heart to dot the I. Why does she dot the I with a heart? Because she has a good heart. That's why, you know? Um, so, anyway, again, not terribly subtle, <laughs> and I'm not overly proud of myself for that fact, but I really don't care because I like the tone. I like how it flows. Um, I like the cadence and the rhythm, and I am ultimately very pleased with this story. So, Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for watching the video, for reading. And uh, this story is going to be in lots of different places. If you happen to be in any of these places, it would be super cool if I could get some subscriptions or, you know jump into these things. Wattpad is one of them. Medium is another one. Uh, And of course, there's always Patreon. You can jump on that. And uh, some of you are already there, which thank you very much for being there. Uh, Jump in there, which helps me um, create the time to be able to do more stuff like this. That's what Patreon is kind of for. So anyhow, if you're on any of those platforms, jump in and subscribe and share it with people who are. So even if you aren't on those platforms, but you know, like you've got other friends who are on Wattpad or who are on Medium or whatever, send them there so we can get some uh, some ahead of steam, I guess, if you will, for the next big project, which will be Beckett's last mixtape issue number two. It's coming. It's on the way. I've seen the first 10 pages of art and it's glorious. So that's coming too. I'm going to be quiet now. Thanks for coming. Uh, we'll hopefully see you tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to write, but we'll find out. So take care, my friends.